Hi, everyone, and welcome to Strive's How You Lead Matters podcast, where we talk about everything leadership. From tapping into your motivation to filling yourself with grit, we're here to support you as you discover the character-driven leadership in yourself and those around you. I'm Tiff Lockridge. And I'm Jared Smith. Uh, Wonderful accolades as we talk through our podcast today. Um, Jared, do you want to go ahead and start us off? For sure. Yep. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of How You Leave Matters with Strive. Uh, I'm your host, Jared Smith, and today I'm here with Wit and Nora Reynolds, we have on the podcast. And hello. How's everybody doing? How are you doing today, Wit? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful Tuesday outside. I'm ready to get out and get out for a wonderful walk. But yeah, I'm doing great. I love being able to talk about all of the, you know, ins and outs of understanding how and why and what we do as coaches, educators, and athletes. So I'm excited to have our our chat today. Great, great. And Nora, how are you doing? I'm doing great. (laughs) Um, Enjoying a break from grad school and excited, as always, to dip back into some drive uh, conversations. Yes, yes. Grad school, man. How long have you been in grad school now? And what are you studying again? Um, I'm getting my master's of social work um, from Penn. I'm in uh, my final semester, actually. So I'll graduate in May. Woohoo! Yes. Congratulations. Congrats. Thank you. That's wonderful. Well, yes. Well, everybody, we have a great episode in for store to you today. We're going to be talking about grit. And uh, yeah, without further ado. So, with grit, you know, we all have come from the nonprofit realm. And that's going to be, you know, our kind of not necessarily focus, but it's definitely going to be a point where we jump in and out from. Because again, we've all done nonprofit work. Uh, I was recently in the refugee resettlement world. Nora, I don't know if you know that, but I came from a refugee resettlement and it is taxing, long mm-hmm. and hard dedication work. And that's where the grit component comes in. Being able to mull through, do the work and be able to help your team members out when it's necessary. Um, nor do you have a time where you really had to show grit and emphasize and just, you know, bear down and get the work done? Um, yeah, I mean, I think something that automatically jumps into my mind, of course, is sports challenge. Um, I, uh, as hopefully listeners of this podcast know, sports challenges strives sort of flagship summer leadership program. Um, And I had the absolute pleasure to work for Sports Challenge for two summers. And while I wasn't a student athlete or a coach, I was part of the administration team. So we, I guess the way that, you know, most camp or summer program uh, admin jobs go is you don't really get to do like the fun things of like playing your sport or, spending your whole day interacting with the student athletes, we get to do like making sure everybody had papers and folders in the classroom and, um, you know, just dealing with sort of all of the behind the scenes stuff that needs to happen for the program to occur. Um, 
like I think it was my laptop that was used for all of the evening leadership forums. And it was always really stressful, like setting up tech and I get like really sweaty like, with my laptop and you don't really sleep a lot and you have vitamins every morning and it's a really intense program. And we were doing a lot of work that wasn't necessarily um, like the, the most fun. Um, but I think what got me through sports challenge was the culture of the organization. Um, Strive and sports challenge focuses on um, joy and choosing laughter and connection with um, your teammates. And the people that I worked with over that week are still some of my closest friends. Um, I also think that a huge part of grit that people don't talk about enough is um, having your community support you in care practices. Um, I think a lot of people talk about it as self-care, but I think it's hard to just put that weight and responsibility on yourself. You know, like so many of us are involved in cultures and organizations or communities where you are not really allowed to take the time to take care of yourself. And I think that Strive really has this culture of community care where um, the director of sports challenge that summer Liz Coster was always making sure that we were getting enough sleep and drinking water and doing things and taking breaks when we needed to. And I think that all of those things that um, culture and community care is the reason why we were able to do hard sort of in some cases thankless work, but you know, at sports challenge, we got a lot of gratitude and love. So I think it was that combination, the, the culture of the, the program and that combination of joy and gratitude and community care that allowed me to do be gritty and do hard things. Right, right. Thank you very much for sharing. Uh, yeah, Sports Challenge. We are very excited to have it coming back. You know, people can nominate athletes right now. Listeners, nominate an athlete that's going to participate in the Sports Challenge setting this year. We're glad to have it back after being not around for two, three years now. Mm -hmm. Throwing that number out there, hopefully it's correct. And just being able to do those gritty things again, like you said, set up the ELF, uh, ELF Evening Leadership Forum for those that do and do not know and need a refresher and uh, be able to just come together in camaraderie, like you said, and, and have that pointed out. We're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to it. And what do you have anything to add? Yeah, I think, um, Nora, you really hit it on the head of just there's a lot of times we go through hard things and often it's the culture or the people we have around us that get us through it. Um, but I also think, you know, having been a former athlete myself, there were times where I was pushing myself endlessly. And I think as especially young athletes out there, I think they have this idea that we have to be gritty and we have to you know, push through and just keep pushing through and just keep pushing through. And now as an older individual, I won't share my age on the podcast, but as an older individual, I think, yes, there's times when we do push through, but there's also times where we can pivot. And I think like, that's a really big aspect that strives kind of looking at right now is that pivot point of, you know, 
is we need to reflect on what our goals are, what we're trying to achieve, how we're trying to achieve it, um, who we have as our support group around us, um, and really looking at instead of being, you know, telling our youth of America, well, you have to just keep going. Even if this situation is atrocious, you just keep going because that's what you have to do to be successful. And I think that's not necessarily the best kind of advice because yes, we need to keep going, but we also have to have a self-reflection piece of, is this still what's best for me? Is this still what's, you know, is this still on track with my goal or have I completely lost the track? Um, or is it yeah, is it healthy? Is this what's going to, you know, make or break me? Because ultimately life's long, right? Everyone says it's short, but you know, it is short in a lot of respects, but day in and day out, like you're constantly thinking about, um, you know, what you're trying to achieve, at least I know, uh, especially in people in nonprofits, you're constantly looking at what we need to achieve and how we can help those around us. So just the idea of like taking that break, finding out, is this where I am? You know, do I need to be here? What do I need to do to change it? How can I support myself? Having, you know, we talk about empathy a ton at Strive, having the empathy to know it's okay if I'm not where I'm supposed to, you know, I think I'm supposed to be. And truly the understanding of what's best for you and not measuring yourself up against other people around you, which I think is really hard, especially with the way society is today and social media and all of the other wonderful things that inundate our youth right now. So I love grit, but I also love giving ourselves the benefit and the the praise that we need to continue to be gritty. Yeah. Wait, uh, your um, commentary made me think, um, and Jared, your comment about healthiness made me think about um, when I was a coach and student athletes getting injured. Um, mm -hmm. I was a, I coached track and field um, and cross country. So lots of distance athletes. And there are, there's a huge prevalence of overuse injuries in distance running or injuries that start off as sort of minor things and then if when you keep running on them can become these huge issues and problems so if we're thinking about the definition of grit that strive uses as passion and perseverance towards a long-term goal um being gritty would then be taking time off when you're injured rather than running through it and I think about that as a metaphor um, for choices that I make as an adult too, right? Am I running on um, oh, am I running on a shin splint and is that going to turn into a stress fracture? And, and like thinking about that in grad school, like do I really need to stay up until 2 a.m.? To write this paper is that the gritty thing or is the gritty thing to like get a night's sleep and um work on it again the next day you know it's not always grit is not pushing through in unnecessary ways it's doing hard things but making sure that you're doing them in a way that still is centering like your health and well-being and 
um, and is connected to some sort of long-term goal that you're working to achieve. It sounds like you're giving relationship advice right now, Nora. Somebody out there needed to hear that. So if you're in that toxic relationship, get out of it. <laughs> but no, thank you so much for, for that for that message. You know, I think I think the craziest thing about cross country that I ever heard was from my high school teacher. She was saying, you know, it made me open my eyes because I thought cross country, nah, it's just it's just another sport, you know, or this no. is running. The the thing about it is like the fatigue your muscles will get. And she said she like broke her ankle a couple times on a twig that's in the ground because of the mental fatigue. Like when you're running, your bones are tired. It, a crack could do you in and put you sidelined for months. And I just never thought about that. So for you cross country runners, I, I I have more respect for you after that story. I just want to let you know. Yeah, cross country is, I, I mean, you opened a whole new door here. I think cross country is like the best sport um in the world it's a team sport and people don't realize that like you have a team score um and I think that it's maybe one of the grittiest sports because I would have these kids that I was coaching in high school um working for an entire year towards this long-term goal um I think it was my third year coaching or my second year coaching we placed pretty well at states I was a coach at Wilmington Friends School and we competed at in Delaware um and after states that November <clears throat> I remember the the kids on my team being like all right we want to win states and I said okay this is a year-long process that we're going to be working towards together and when you think about 15 16 year olds um developmentally their brains aren't really at a place where they're able to truly conceptualize what it means to work at something for an entire year. Like they just don't have that long-term um, cause and effect completely developed yet. Like it's just the frontal lobe isn't there and that's just how it goes for human beings. Um, so they said in November, like we wanna, we wanna win states next year and they ran indoor track they ran outdoor track, they ran over the summer and logged all of these miles together, but by themselves as well, like a vast majority of them, these kids were running, you know, 50, 60 miles a week. Um, I know. And no, wow, that's insane. No broken a lot bones. Of miles. I was very, very careful and diligent about the way that they built up to that mileage. And um I mean, it's like kind of a cliche, happy little story here, but we did end up winning states that next year. I know it was super exciting. Um, but when I think about that story, of course, I think about the moment when like we saw the score and realized that we won, but really it's that whole year that those teenagers worked towards this big goal and they had to sleep and fuel their body and um if they felt injuries coming up take a break um and rely on their teammates and the team culture and the joy and the passion that they got from each other to work towards this long-term goal and I think more about like yeah the the grittiness of that whole year and not just that moment of the victory but everything that those student athletes um 
put into achieving that outcome. And that, that to me is grit, just that long-term passion and perseverance towards a goal and doing it with other people. And I think too, like, think of what they got out of that year, right? You know, so you go into that one final, uh, you know, meet and it's, it's great. You won all that other stuff, but think of like everything that they actually got out and grew as individuals during that year. Like that's, that's amazing, right? Like it's priceless. Not many people get to experience it and see their hard work pay off. Cause a lot of times athletes will do, you know, all this hard work and it does, you know, their goals don't come to fruition or they're what they're trying to achieve. So like how special that the, the grit and the, you know, perseverance that they showed, you know, got them to where they wanted to be. Like, that's amazing. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, who knows what the, the teenagers you work with are walking away, um, are walking away from an experience with, but one thing that's really tricky about tracking cross country is that you're compared very directly with your teammates. So you run a certain time and as much as you are working as a team to have a team score and in cross country, it works at first place is one point, second place is two points, third place is three points. And you have five members of your team who score. So a perfect cross country score would be one plus two plus three plus four plus five. So 15 points and the lowest score wins. Um, So there is this very important team aspect of cross country. You're always trying to have the lowest place you possibly can um, for your team score, but you're also towing the line and competing against your teammates. Um, And, you know, like your times are compared and also your place is compared. So it can lead to this very challenging team dynamic because like you were saying before, wit, like uh, when you're talking about like social media and comparison and how tricky that is, um, when it like how tricky that can make being gritty, like cross country kids are like constantly being compared to each other. Um, and it means that your team culture is in investing in your team culture and spending time developing your team culture is incredibly important because that might not necessarily happen on the course. It's not like over maybe other team sports where you kind of like develop this dynamic. Um, But in cross country, it's much, much, much easier to run with a pack and to run with a group of other people. Um, But you're also competing against those people that are on your team. And anyway, um, I would always talk about something that my cross country coach would say, which is like a rising tide lifts all boats. And it was this idea that as your teammates get better, you're going to get better as well. And if we can elevate the entire team, we're all going to get better and achieve something together. And um, a couple of my former athletes have gone on to compete collegially, which I'm so happy about. I'm just like thrilled that they loved running enough to want to keep doing it. Um, and I forget what it was like, there was something maybe like a profile of one of them for a social media for their team or like a little article about them. And they, they said that they were like, the thing I love most about my college team is 
how much of a culture we are and, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats and we're better because of each other. And I was like, oh my God, that stuck, that worked. You actually remember that year and the way that you all worked together and dealt with these complicated relationships and worked towards this goal. And anyway, it was so cool. And just in case anyone is like, oh my God, this sounds like a fairy tale, like little story, just for the record, the year that we won states, we were like, okay, we're returning all of these team members next year. We're going to win states again. And we lost like big time loss. So, you know, <laughs> we, we can sometimes set goals and try to do big things and it doesn't turn out how we wanted, but I still think that next year of working towards that goal again, there's still grit and lessons learned and a lot of, in some ways it was like a more fun season than the year that we won because I don't know, I just reflect on other parts of it, but anyway. And I think you hit the nail on the head, like they got out of it, you know, winning's great, but like you get, what you get out of it is so much more, you know, Mm -hmm. so uh yeah, I think that's, we all can reflect back on like our teams that some of the best moments were the teams that were not the best, you know? So yeah. <laughs> um, it's so true what you get out of it. And I love that quote about rising tides, raise all ship. I mean, that that is just so perfect. It's so true too. I think that's, it's true about every aspect of life, families, mm-hmm. um, you know, and life's truly about experiences. And I think sports brings us great experiences, but, um, that's, that's what we got to take out of it is what we learned and the experiences we've had. So I love it. It's funny. Nora's Nora's given us, you know, relationship advice. Now she's given us the screensavers on the, uh, quotes of the day. (laughs) She's just knocking it out the park right now. That is amazing. This is just like classic social worker moves right here. Well, the relationship advice and cute little phrases to get you through your day. Right. Because, you know, you can sip this with your morning coffee or your tea yeah. or what, your water. So it's great. It's great. Grit, man. Grit. I think the other thing that people have to also consider when it comes to grit is grit can also look like a routine. You know, like you mm-hmm. said, getting able, getting to that point of the championship, if we're going to keep going with this, it's you have to eat well you got to sleep well hey you got to do your school work you're in school and you have to maintain the grades to be on a team I know when I was in my school I had to have a certain average not just for my school to play but for my parents too my parents weren't going to let me play if I had a D or a C my school might have but not my my parents no 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 not a, not a day in the life so um making sure you're on top of that but the grit to maintain those those same values is something where a team can build community around maintaining those values in and out of the school year and doing it in practice and out of practice and honestly if you are at the mall if you're at the movies anything of the same sorts so grit is also holding true to those things and to trying not to diverge from it and if you do diverge from it to get back on it because, you know, that's what grit is also about. It's that failure aspect, which mm-hmm. folks have to understand you're not going to succeed 100% of the time. If you do, let me know. We're going to go to the casino. But you have to be able to understand that, again, you failed, but 
get back onto the routine, which would give you the best chances of winning. So that's my piece on grit right there. I don't know if you had anything else to add, Nora. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just making me think again about distance running. Like it's not a very glamorous sport. Like the day in and day out is um, kind of boring, honestly. Just you gotta go out and run your miles. Um, and yeah, that, that was another thing that we would talk about when I was a coach is, you know, the two hours at practice are kind of the, the easiest parts of the whole process. Like, sure. That's where you're going to be running the miles and doing the workouts and in the gym lifting and all of that other stuff. But you're those, those two hours are when you have your teammates around you and when you have your coach with you. And I think a lot of student athletes get caught up in like those two hours are the work. And I would always say it's the 22 hours outside of practice. That's where the work is happening. Um, you need to sleep. You need to be fueling your body and eating well and, you know, eating foods that you enjoy and give you joy and getting your schoolwork done and um, doing all of those other things that you can show up the next day at 3.30 ready to kind of dip into the well again. You know, um, that's that's the terminology that's used a lot in distance running. And it kind of makes me think of fuel tanks with Strive. Like practice is the place that at least physiologically your fuel tank is getting drained. And it's incredibly important that student athletes are spending their time outside of practice, filling up their fuel tank so they can come in and have it drained again. Because otherwise, if your tank is low and you try to dip into it again and do another workout, there's nowhere to go. And that's what gets us into cycles of injury and overuse and a lot of harm. Um, so I, I think I, that's totally true for, for distance running and, and sprinting as well, Jared, like the, the 22 hours outside of practice are it, that's when it's easier to get distracted and get caught up in other things. And, um, those 22 hours are what makes it possible to to come back the next day and and work hard again the fuel tank i know you guys can't see what we're doing online but the fuel tank is like you put your hands together kind of at a 180 degrees and then it's literally the same thing you, you got to mark where you are you're full you're empty <laughs> you're acute you're obtuse so i think that's a great thing for coaches to do when you're with or not even just coaches even if you're a teacher uh, ask your oh, students yeah. where you're where you're feeling today. I mean, if you're doing morning night classes or if you teach art, where where are you today? How are you feeling? It's a good check-in strategy and um, tool that you can with. Yeah, I would start practice every single day with a tank check. Um, and it doesn't have to, you know, there's 50 kids on the team or 50 student athletes on the team. There wasn't time for everybody to say where their tank was at, but we would just do, yeah. So they would hold their hand um, and kind of make like a, a little gas tank um, and show me like if they were, if their tank was full, totally full, they would be at a 90 degree angle. And if it was empty, their, their hand would like show a lower tank. Anyway, you're right. That's really hard to explain um, on a podcast, but I know Linda Schermeister guest, she would have her student athletes close their eyes and hold up um, like one, two or three fingers to, to show how they were doing that day. And, um, it's how you're feeling physiologically, but also mentally, emotionally. Um, 
my first year coaching, um, I was a head coach in spring and I wasn't working at the school. I was working for Strive at the time. And it's really tricky to be a coach of a high school team and not be working in the school because there's so much going on in the school that's impacting your student athletes that you might not know about. So I remember I was showing up to practice and we did the fuel tank check and everyone's tanks were like completely shot. And I was like, what is going on? And it was like finals week or midterms week, or there was something going on where they had all of these tests going on that week. And I didn't even know because I wasn't a teacher in the school. And we had scheduled to do some kind of workout that day. And I was looking around the circle and I was like, there's no way, like, I can't do a workout. Like everyone's tank is so low. Not only are they tired, they're so stressed out. They don't really want to be here. Like, this is not a day where we're going to go do like mile repeats on the track. And like, they just, it's not going to serve anyone. Like we can do the workout tomorrow. Like I'll change the schedule around. And so um, we did something again that my high school coach did. Um, we did a penny run. So I broke the kids into groups of, I don't know, like five, six student athletes and they each got a penny and they had to, they had 45 minutes and they had to go out into Wilmington and see what they could buy for a penny. And they came back, like one kid, like got a single nail painted and another kid got like, like a, a, a lock of hair highlighted or like they got a gummy bear from the Froyo place, whatever. It was. And it was just like this very silly day and they loved it. And that turned into a team tradition and we did it every year. Shout out to Mr. Racy, my high school track coach who came up with the penny run um, when I was in high school. Um, but it, like, it's really important, I think, to have an awareness of where your team's at, where's your tank, and to not only hear them and like see what they're telling you, but then act on it and make decisions as a coach about what we're going to do um, that's going to really serve my student athletes. I, I always thought about too, like, you know, it's great if we win a state title. It's great if everybody PRs at a meet. It's great if, or that means like runs their fastest time ever. Like it's, all of those things are like wonderful and exciting, but it's almost like a byproduct of what I was trying to do with the team, which is to build a culture where they felt cared for and supported and have the opportunity to try new things and to fail in like ways that where they were sort of safe, you know, like in a safe environment. No, right. In a safe environment. And to be able to take all of those skills and bring them on to whatever came next for them in life. And if that was running collegiately, amazing. If it was um, running a half marathon their freshman year of college with their friends, that's amazing too. If it's like never running again in their life, but being able to understand that working on a team and doing things to like lift each other up or to be comfortable with failure, like in their first like college lecture class, like that's what really matters. Um, and so I think that was a very grounding thing for me in that moment to be like, okay, I'm not trying to churn out like this next generation of like the fastest runners in America. I'm trying to create a team of 
student athletes who want to be here and love each other and feel cared for. So yeah, we're going to go do a penny run instead of mile repeats today um, because I was very conscious of like the goal and the culture that I was trying to create and what the, the purpose of my program was. Great. Thank you so much. I know when you had your, um, any, you have any thoughts that you want to share? Yeah, first of all, I think we need to make sure, was it Mr. Reese? He needs yeah. to hear your podcast because having been a coach for many years, the best thing, you know, along with the interaction as you're on the field and all that other stuff is to hear about how, you know, things sunk in or, you know, yeah. what you got out of the teaching, because that's ultimately why teachers and coaches do what they do, right? Yeah. It's a kind of selfless job in that sense. But yeah. Mr. I just think- and Mr. C. Mr. Okay, C. Okay, cool. Coach, Mr. AC was my track coach. And like, how cool is it that the things they taught me, I then got to bring to this next generation. Yeah, get to share on. Amazing. Spread the wealth. My ultimate yeah. thing is like some kid 15 years ago from now texts me and is like, Laura, we did the penny run. <laughs> yeah, totally. And that's that's totally what it is. That's mm-hmm. that's the most that's the most special part about being a coach or a mentor, right? Um, but I just think too, like the wherewithal or your knowledge of uh knowing that having the understanding that we don't have to just push kids because that's what we're supposed to do. Like, and I think like this idea that a lot of people use the word grit for, well, you push past anything regardless of your situation or um, like a lot of coaches don't have that wherewithal or they just, it's kind of that old school mentality, like bucker up camper. We're here to practice today, whether you like it or not. And I think there's times where you have to like, you can't always be like, well, I, you know, I stubbed my toe today, so I'm not going to do anything, but having the understanding, like, to give ourselves grace and the understanding to, you know, know when it is that time to just be like, okay, we need to do something lighthearted. Mm-hmm. We need to do something fun. We need to do something memorable um, instead of let's get on the line, you know? And I think, especially during, you know, the times that we're in right now, that's what kids need. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what, I think ultimately they're looking for instead of that, oh, well, too bad. Sorry, tough luck. You had a bad day. Um, And just that, like the beauty of the situation that you were in and being able to capitalize on that moment. And like Mm -hmm. you said, kids are going to remember that for the rest of their lives. You know, we always did a Halloween costume contest at one of our practices because I coached field hockey. So it was the end of the season, you know, and to this day, I still get texts on Halloween, like, hey, coach, remember when, like, I brought my daughter with me and she had a little, like, walking, I made her, like, a little walker out of, like, tennis balls and PVC piping, and uh, me and my assistant coach were old ladies, too, so she was this little old lady on the field, and we were old ladies, and we were running around playing field hockey, and I still get texts on Halloween talking about, remember when your daughter was a little old lady? And then I get to show them like what she looks like now. And they're like, oh my God, you know? So it's just fun to, that's why you coach. And the sports are fun, right? Like, oh, yeah. that's what we enjoy doing. Um, but it's those little moments that bring you back and you get to have that, you know, you get to connect with somebody at a deeper level. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just so awesome. So 
Yeah. I, I'm not a huge runner myself. I do love running. I find it very mental challenging it's, <laughs> I, I am shaking my head ferociously <laughs> ferociously I didn't I even a... know what cross-country scores were until Nordic said <laughs> no, I know. Cross country, the fastest Good, wins that makes in my me book. so happy I know I me neither I've spread the love of the sport and that people maybe are more willing to give cross-country or track a little bit more credit for what an incredible team sport it is Oh, it is. Like I had a ton of friends that were on cross country and track and I was almost envious of the community oh, yeah. that they had. I mean, there's always such this huge community wherever they go, they have people that oh, yeah. are their people. And I that, think you don't get many sports like that. No, um, I think that's like, that's what I would tell my student athletes too, is any place that I've ever lived, the way that I've been able to make friends is just join the running club. And distance runners are weird people like we are a bizarre breed and they're kind of like consistently weird no matter where you are and it's just like this really familiar um like comforting homey feeling wherever I go like oh, you're crazy too. let's get together <laughs> yeah it's really nice but what I I think what you were saying before like really resonates with me like I'm not saying like every single day that your student athletes are having a bad day give them like an easy fun thing like it's your job as a coach to be aware of when it's time to push and when it's time to like ease back a little bit and a good coach is going to know the just right challenge like the days when it's really hot and we have a hill workout and I'm like all right, we're going to, we're still going to do this. Like we're still going to work through this because on race day, it could be really hot. Be really, yeah. Could be hot. Hydrated and we're like, this is going to be healthy. And like, if, you know, if you're getting to a point where you're feeling like you're not healthy doing this workout, like you're allowed to tap out. Um, but like a hot day and a, a workout scheduled, like we're still running, you know, it's, that is a just right challenge where you're pushing people to the to the edge of what's comfortable for them and pushing the comfort zone even wider then, right? But you have to also be aware of when it's time to ease up and do something that is like light and joyful. But it, it, it's really your job as a coach to understand when it's time to push and when it's not time to push and being aware that it is not always time to push. Like, that is going to lead to burnout and student athletes not being able to be gritty, but also being sort of like exclusively easy and not pushing at all also isn't going to lead to gritty athletes. And it's, it's a very fine line, um, but it's something that needs to be paid attention to. And I think um, strive is the reason why I was the coach that I was like, that story that I told you I think I was 23 when I made that decision like that's a pretty young age and not not far removed from the athletes you're working right exactly um and I think that I mean I know for a fact that the athletic director who hired me as a head coach did it because he knew of my experience with Strive and who Strive is and the values that that this organization instilled in me And 
I can say without a shred of doubt that I understood grit and when to push and when not to push because of Strive and the self-reflection that I was able to do with this organization and the um, like all of the leadership development trainings that I sat in and led and the time that I was allowed to have to think about my leadership like that that is why I was able to be that kind of coach when I was yeah 23 and very close in age to my student athletes and very close to have been a student athlete in their shoes um so yeah if you're a young coach whatever you can do to get involved in strive I I can't say enough about subscribe to our coaches corner we yeah. share everything <laughs> seriously though like I I know that sounds like a pitch but it's coming from like the most true place in my heart like I would not be the coach that I was if it wasn't for this organization. Perfect. Well, everybody, thank you so much for coming to another episode of Strive How You Lead Matters. Um, please like, follow, subscribe, do what you got to do, get in contact with us. We are always willing to help to come to a school, depending on how far it is, but I'm pretty sure we can work something out. And to talk and to share our lessons. And again, sports challenge is coming up. So excited. Um, yeah. Thanks everybody. Thank you, Nora. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today and talking with us to discuss a little bit about grit. Grit's not always just cross country, y'all. There's grit in everything There's, you do. <laughs> Life is grit. Life is grit. <laughs> grit. And that's going to be our new t-shirts. <laughs> Life is grit. Yeah, the old school sports challenge one said got grit on the side. There you go. That's it. There you go. We've got yeah. it. Thank you, Jen. Cool. It was so nice. Thank you. you. Yeah. A pleasure. All right. Thank you so much. And if you would like to follow us again and listen into our content, I actually invite you to check out our website at striveleadership.org. And also check out our podcast and YouTube channel, Strive How You Lead Matters. Until then, much love. Thank you so much, Jared.